Hey, Save Girl. Hey, I am so excited to officially be premiering our first episode of the Save Girl Session podcast. I am your host, Brittany White, the OG, triple OG Save Girl, <laughs> and the founder of Save Girl Summer Inc. And I am joined today by a very special guest by the name of Miss Tammy Ming. Now, Tammy is the author of Panties, Paprika, and Prayer, The Three Ps to a Prosperous Marriage. Listen in as we have a fun yet informative discussion about the modern Save Girl and the importance for praying for your marriage while also learning to keep things spicy. You'll also learn why I nicknamed her Martha B because baby, she cooks, she cooks cleans and she's going to tell you ladies how to keep that ring and then we're also going to have a very special segment called save girl Auto calls so let's get into today's episode <laughs> how are you tonight tammy i am well it is an honor to be sitting here with you i am so excited i am just so in awe of what god is going to do through this conversation tonight Listen, listen, I cannot wait. So let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and give my warning, um, my advisory. So let all the saints, church mothers, <laughs> missionaries, deaconess, all y'all know now, find some extra bobby pins to secure your wig because we are coming. Listen, tonight's episode may just snatch it. So just just be ready. Okay. <laughs> okay, saints. Get, oh, saints, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> I've already secured my closure because I know once some wigs get snatched, they're going to be trying to come and snatch my edges, but I'm ready for it. Okay. So we ready. So let's get into it. Tonight, again, we have the one for Miss Tammy Howard on. And y'all, we are going to talk about a topic that you don't really like to discuss that much in church. It's almost a four-letter word. It's three letters, but we act like it's a four-letter word. Y'all, as Sister Salt and Pepper said, let's talk about sex, okay? Mm. <laughs> I know, right? I'm holding, I'm clutching my pearls as clutching you say. Clutching invisible pearls. So, Miss Tammy is actually the author of a book. Can you tell us the name of the title of the book? I just love the title alone. Just makes The title of the book is Panties, Paprika, and Prayer. In order to have the three P's of a successful marriage, <laughs> you need to have all three. That listen <laughs> to be able to have a really good three quart strands are not easily broken. Good panties, good paprika, and a whole lot of prayer. I I love it. You have to have all the things, and this is why I have. When I was coming up with my questions, I actually came up. Oh my earbud coming out! But I actually came up with a, a nickname for Tammy. She is officially I call her Martha B. You know, Martha B. is Martha Stewart meets Cardi B. Okay, because she is all the <laughs> That's same. a good one for me. Okay, because Cardi Cardi is the is the is the panties. Okay, mm-hmm. but Cardi said, well, I don't cook, I don't clean, say I got this ring. So she don't do the, you know, the paprika. She's not cooking. So we got to mm-hmm. have the panties, but you also mm-hmm. got to have paprika. You got to cook. You got to have paprika Martha and Stewart. you need the prayer. And you need the prayer, okay? You, prayer. you know, so we got to have it all together. So all you're together. Every, every, what is it? every woman, and I love it. So <laughs> we're going to get into more into that book and how you have to be all the things to have a successful marriage. So quickly, tell us, about your background like are you did you grow up in a church are you an OG Sam girl or did you you know develop your relationship later on I am an OG church of God in Christ storefront old pastor rusty blue van 
inner city uh, fire and brimstone raised girl. Oh, oh, um, okay. I taught, oh, I taught Sunday <laughs> school as a child. Um, both of my grandmothers were church mothers. It's interesting. My mother's mother went to a small church, church front. And then my father's mother was Baptist. And she went to a big, very established um, old school Baptist church. But on both sides, I had um, praying grandmothers. And I was raised with that very strict um, holiness background. Mm. It was holiness or hell. It wasn't this Mm. middle new age, you know, um, you can kind of be who you want to be and do what you want to do. Um, it was tearing on the altar back then. Um, and we had very strict uh, ways of that we needed to behave, um, in order to be saved and in order to really be seen, um, as good Christian girls. I, of course, you know, charted my own path. Um, as, as, as Tammy, as teenagers do, you know, when you grow Mm -hmm. up in such a strict background, you can't wait. I couldn't wait to get 16. I think I applied at McDonald's at my 16th birthday because my (laughs) friend, I wasn't gonna have to go to church no more because I was tired of it uh, by then, you know, um, but prayer, you know, was always, um, a part of my life and that, um, the, the, the pulling of the Holy spirit, um, always kept me from going too far. The Holy Spirit really is a guide and a mm. keeper and the prayer of the mm-hmm. righteous do avail as much, especially mm-hmm. in my life. So tell us about that. Now you say you grew up, so, you know, holiness was still right. Everything, you know, holy. So did you have any of the adult women, your mother, grandmother, us, did they have any of these conversations with you or did you hear any these conversations about Mm-mm. sex growing Mm-mm. up? Don't be fast. Yeah. Um, don't be grown. <laughs> Sit down. Um, you don't have any conversation with anyone's husband. Um, very, very strict um, and very clear mm-hmm. um, boundaries. So the worldly side was, you know, being in the projects and the music and mm-hmm. the dancing and the fashion and things like that. So I grew up I almost like I was it was two diabolical forces. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the kids called us the church kids. You know, we was the church girls and you had the kids who had no structure, who wanted to come to church with us. And you had the ones that were very, very structured dying to you know get sneak out, into the right. block party you know we take out the trash so we can run to the block party and get a dance or two and then they get back home before our mother knew, you know knew that we were gone right so yeah it was very very structured but not any real teaching or training um other than what not to do uh, exactly other than wait mm-hmm. until you're married you know stay a mm-hmm. virgin and because I had a similar experience like we didn't have those conversations like my mother and I recently Talk maybe a couple of years ago and she was just like I'm so sorry like we never had that conversation with you she's like I just I just couldn't do it I just didn't mm-hmm. you know what to say so for me most of my um anything that I learned because I was one of those inquisitive kids either came from the library you know mm-hmm. I read books or from friends which mm-hmm. you know teenagers leading the t- like it's the blind leading the blind so I had <laughs> I had the scientific side, you know, with the books was telling you about your body and everything. And, and then and, you had and the blind doesn't match up with your holiness. No, your, your, no. Your, your background, all of that feels strange and feels foreign to you. None of it ever feels natural. Right. Even though I did have sex before I was married and I, I had a boyfriend and I had some children um, before I was married. I can't really say that I was ever really comfortable until recently uh, mm-hmm. with sexuality. It always was a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of what is right and, and where's the line and where's my particular level of comfort and what does it mean to take my husband's needs into consideration in a, in a, in a way that I can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could tell you an example, even as of today, my husband and I are away on vacation. He's a night owl and I'm a day girl. 
Um, and I hope y'all all married because I'm about to tell y'all some married stuff. Um, and so I showered this morning and I put my lingerie on at eight o'clock this morning because I'm a morning person. Right. So I wanted to surprise him when he woke up so we can go ahead and, and have our marital fun um, before right. we began the day. Because by the time nine o'clock tonight comes, I'm sleepy. Exactly. So and romance, <laughs> that, that don't work. He, he never is successful in the way that you know that you watch on romantic movies. Right. So right. you know, I have to figure out how to meet my husband's needs in a way that I am comfortable and he's receiving my best self and my best energy and my best service um, in a way that meets his needs. But I'm also giving him my best that he's not getting a tired version or I'm just here just because I'm supposed to be. Um, we watch so many things and so much influences what we believe to be romance and what that's supposed to look like in a married life. And we just have to really follow Learn about who we are, first of all, mm -hmm. um, and understand what service is in a marriage. Understand that God created a man to be attracted to a woman. <laughs> He's supposed right. to say, wow, when he sees right. me. Right. He's supposed to be excited by me. I'm supposed to be. My breasts are supposed to please him and fulfill mm -hmm. him. He should want nothing other than me. It's, so yeah. I need to show up for that. <laughs> right. Because if you don't show up, that look. Hmm. The, these other girls showing up they show they showing up and showing out <laughs> so why can't we and so why can't of we? course you know only for, for our husbands but why can't we show up and show out you know and for our out. man exactly sexy I, belongs to the married woman exactly. cardi benham ain't got nothing on us sexy belongs to us <laughs> we are the expression of that love we are the expression of that passion not the perverted version right. what does that mean for you as a woman right and i'm all for team hashtag sexy saints listen they don't want to hear it but i'm like look <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with being sexy for your man in, like, the, in the right way and then in the, the right way. context and in and in a way that honors both of you that you right. come to a place where you're comfortable in your own skin and that right. you understand that service does not have any limits. Right. And sometimes we get so caught up in, if I do this, will he do that? If I right. give this, how will he respond? But service doesn't always have a how you respond attached to it. Mm. Sometimes I serve my husband out of who Christ created me to be. Mm. I'm going to give him the best meal because that's how I serve. I'm going to give him the best service because that's who I am. I'm going to clean my house to the best of my ability. And I ain't no Martha Stewart like that. I'm the ghetto version. I am the 2021 <laughs> going into 2022 version. Sometimes it's Martisha. a little picked up <laughs> with a little bit of chaos. Um, you know, sometimes that table may not be Martha Stewart TV version, but it's, it's, it's my representation of good for my family. Right, right. Um, and, and it's making sure that I give a lot of attention and detail and the best of who I am to the people that deserve it the most. Mm, that's listen she is dropping jewels like I wish more we had more of these conversations especially for the younger women that want to be married like we're always talking about you know this desire to be married and meet your Boaz and but we don't talk about you know these different types of give this type of advice to women when they're getting into these relationships and like you said it's not always a give you this so I can get something in return Mm -hmm. So you're definitely dropping in a lot of knowledge that I think a lot of the listeners, young and old, can mm -hmm. use and apply, whether they're married mm -hmm. now or looking to be married in the future. So one of the things you did mention, though, um, 
was you mentioned about your children and how you did have some children before you got married. So can you kind of speak on that? Like, I know I've talked to, you know, other women and their experiences with having uh, babies, you know, outside of marriage. So what was your experience being a safe girl growing up in that holiness, you know, like <laughs> culture? And then here you are. The you know. biggest shame, the biggest weight of shame ever. I, it was mm. I almost it was the walk. It was the never ending walk of shame. Mm. And I probably was about four months pregnant when I walked into my aunt's kitchen. Mm. And uh, she was also she's a safe woman. And she said, um, I think you have something that you need to tell me. And the tears just flowed down my face. I didn't even have the words to be able to express to her that I was having a baby. And she said, Tammy, I know that you're having a baby. And she said, and it's okay. And she said, you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be afraid. She said, you are a very smart girl and you are going to be a wonderful mother. Mm. Her kindness lifted like almost like it like lifted that weight, you know, Mm. because I knew better. You know, I had learned better. I believed in hell. And and I know that I wasn't behaving according to the way that God had called me to. But her showing grace to me allowed me to have Mm. some grace for myself. Um, And and it allowed, that's the love of Christ. We always think that it's going to be the running around the church and it's going to be um, this great big bubble. The love of Christ is when someone shows you grace. That's, That's love in action. That's Christ in action. Her just speaking those words of grace was the work of Christ in my life. That was the redemptive work right there. Girl, you made a mistake. You're going to be okay. I still see the good in you. Mm. And it still took me some time to kind of come to come back to full relationship um, with Christ. And I did that with my now husband. Um, He was my boyfriend for a little bit. I had some children. He came into a family with three kids. Um, He had his own past and had had his own Mm. experiences. So you take a man with no children, marrying a headstrong girl with three children. I thank God. Um, that my nephew was starting a church at that time and we started attending church together. The lessons that he started with was family. Mm. What is a husband? What is a wife? What are the roles of a husband? What are the role of a wife and how God designed family? So you got a boyfriend and a girlfriend coming to church together. And this is the first principles. These are the first principles that are being Mm. taught. Um, We wound up getting married in a Sunday morning service. Um, neither one of us had desired really to be married. You know, I, I know I'm supposed to be married, but I hadn't right. seen any successful marriages. So mm. I just figured it kind of wasn't in the cards for me, but started feeling that conviction as we were going to church together. Um, little did I know that, um, my boyfriend at my husband, my boyfriend at the time had already had a conversation with the pastor. Um, and then I had had a conversation uh, with the pastor. So we just knew that it was time. And I think it wasn't even, it was within two or three weeks that we just walked right on down the aisle on a Sunday morning service and went ahead um, and, and did the right thing. And, and God has covered this marriage ever since. He will honor that. He he can't bless what he did not ordain. He ordained family and he ordained marriage and he will keep it if you dedicate it to him. Wow. So I love, and I love the whole story. And I love how you even talk about the grace aspect because that's missing, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of our, um, a lot of our relationships. And I love how you mm-hmm. said your aunt your was the one to show you that grace. And I just wish mm-hmm. more women when we find mm-hmm. these girls, because it's a it's a whole generation of, you know, girls that are turning away and run away. If we show them this grace, just it's so many examples mm-hmm. in the Bible of Jesus just showing these quote unquote sinners mm-hmm. 
Grace. Grace. And that's how, I believe that's how you'll draw them in. You don't know how mm-hmm. you'll change somebody's life just being that light. My mom always mm-hmm. says, sometimes you'll be the only Bible somebody may ever read. So if mm-hmm. I'm going, you know, that's how I, I look at it. Even when I interact, you know, mm-hmm. with other women, like I found my tribe. My tribe is not the traditional, I feel like, you know, church woman or mm-hmm. know, like I'm going to the girls that have been out here that may have, you know, multiple kids that are sleeping around mm-hmm. that are going to the love. And I'm literally going to hear it to show you grace and mm-hmm. love, literally love that, you know, the hell out of, out of them, as you, some people say. Where's my scripture, but, honey? You, def- you definitely have to love the hell out of people. You don't have love, to love the sin, but you do have to love right. the person. You have <laughs> to love the person. And I feel like we, you know, you're either one extreme or the other, either, you know, you condemn them going to hell or we, you know, pacify mm-hmm. it on the rug. And I'm like, that's not, that's not who Jesus was. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the woman that um they caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. That they caught sin. And people always harp on that. Well, he said, you know, he's give us not saying, um, sin cast the first stone. And people always, uh, you know, harp on that. But I love how in the next verse, he then goes to tell her, now go and sin no more. So he mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't excusing what she did, but he was also showing her that grace, you know, in mm-hmm. the same in the same breath. Mm-hmm. So I love how you said your aunt was that older figure that was mm-hmm. able to show you grace, um, even in that moment. Mm-hmm. When we hear so many horror stories, I've heard people say, you know, like back in my aunt's day, my grandmother's day, like you literally would sit on the back pew. You had mm-hmm. to uh, uh, apologize to the church. You know, mm-hmm. you, couldn't, mm-hmm. you couldn't be in anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So to hear, you know, that from your aunt, I was like, that's that's an awesome, an awesome story. Absolutely. And first Peter four and eight says, above all, love each other deeply because mm-hmm. love covers over a multitude mm-hmm. of sins. So we have to love. We mm. have to love. Mm. Mm-hmm. No matter, right? A multitude of sins. And sex is one of those sins. You know, we've come up with like this hierarchy in the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. sex is like right at the top. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not excusing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. certain things, but it's saying, like you said, love covers a multitude. And I, I see, you know, one of the issues that people have also is, People not always practicing what they preach. We're so quick to condemn the young unwed mother, you mm-hmm. know, because she's caught. Her sin is evident. But mm-hmm. Mr. So-and-so, you know, or Deacon So-and-so is out here being a sugar dad. You know, it's just that nobody hasn't caught them mm-hmm. in the act. Like they caught that mm-hmm. woman in the act of adultery. So mm-hmm. it's easier to condemn, you know, these women mm-hmm. that are doing things to get caught. Um, so, how do we heal what created what took us to that place in the beginning? Mm. Because usually it's something that's broken or there's a need um, that's being met. For me, it was companionship. Um, mm. I outmatured most of the people that were around me. So I was lonely. Um, mm. And here this fellow came who was a Christian also, um, you know, and spoke my, my love language. You know, he bought me banana pops and then he mm. bought me candy and he talked to me and he paid attention to me. Mm. Um, it wasn't really about this great romantic sexual relationship but it was somebody who actually saw the good in me and and spent time with me. And that's where that relationship developed from. Um, But when you have anything that you do that is sinful, um, Mm -hmm. anything you do that is outside of the will of God, you have to reconcile that. You Mm -hmm. have to heal that wound to be ordered to behave in a different way, um, to be able to show up in a different way. 
Um, and to be healed and to be whole is what we need in order to be healthy and have a, se- a healthy sexual relationship in marriage. Mm. Um, you know, your man may be more experienced than you now, honey. We just as experienced as they are because right. we are the Cardi B's of the world. We popping it and locking it, right. honey, locking and we can twerk yep. better than the rest of them. <laughs> And then you expect for one man and one woman now to come together and to be able to have an undefiled marriage bed. Um, who am I? Who are mm-hmm. you? What do you like? Oh, wait a minute. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, you know, wait a minute. I, I don't I don't like to be touched like that. I don't like that level of intimacy. You know, I got a whole lot of eyes. I'm not comfortable. I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't meet my need. And then I have a we. How do I meet our needs and where do we come mm-hmm. together? Um I also have a problem with the whole princess syndrome. A lot of us are teaching our daughters that it's all about you and you have somebody has to serve you and you have to be pleased and you have to be satisfied. And you're going to have this great romance after you achieve these degrees and you buy this home and you have this, you know, professional grade kitchen. Um, and all of a sudden your Prince Charming is going to come and he's just going to, you know, give you a, a, a silver slipper. Um, you won't have a housekeeper and them baby's going to be cute and they ain't going to have a snotty nose and never be sick. That's not the truth of the matter. Uh, marriage is a service. It's somebody taking care of somebody unconditionally mm-hmm. through sickness and in health. Through it all, I'm going to be here for you. It doesn't mm-hmm. say in those vows, you're going to be here for me. <laughs> I'm going to do this as long as you do what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, that's not what we, that's not what we commit to. We commit that I'm going to serve you, that I'm going to make sure that you're okay. Mm, and I was just saying, like, you stepping on my toes now with the princess. Cause I, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had this whole life. Matter of fact, uh, random, my first, tattoos I was you know went through my little rebellious state on the tattoos was princess because I just knew I was going to be a princess so here I am almost 40 with a princess tattoo but okay thank <laughs> God for growth <laughs> I'm gonna always be somebody's princess do the princess have to clean the bathroom though is the princess sweeping and mopping I just listen and my husband says it all the time he's like I can tell that you were raised you thought you was gonna be a princess all your life <laughs> like blame my daddy you know so that's that. <laughs> I've had to even learn, like you said, with marriage, the give and take, you know, mm-hmm. um, and 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 how it's, you know, evolved, um, even from seeing the examples that I saw with marriage. Mm-hmm. But I like how you talk about it is learning about your partner's needs. And I find um, sometimes growing up, you know, in the church, because we don't have those conversations, do you think it makes it hard sometimes to talk about those needs because you know we're taught we don't talk about it. we know it happens mm-hmm. but we don't want to talk about you know our I needs, think I, I think what happens is we 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 see we see the front mm-hmm. and so we all think that we have to model the front the front is the first lady is beautiful she's mm-hmm. dressed nicely her children are well behaved until they get to be teenagers mm-hmm. um you know they come to church and everybody is dressed and they sit in the front row and you know the husband always gives his wife an accolade from the pulpit mm-hmm. and they're the leaders and they're kind of the star um of the show we all think that that's what marriage looks like like they don't argue or they don't have issues or they don't have things that they have to reconcile so we don't want to be the ones to have mm-hmm. issues i don't want to be the one to not be able to get along because he was supposed to be my prince charming mm-hmm. we had this big wedding and my my train my was buddy. out the door and we done pay for all these flowers and stuff and now wait a minute, I don't really even like him <laughs> you know right. he's gonna find out that I'm a little bit messy and I'm a little chaotic 
he, he's going to find out, you know, that I got some issues, you know, and I'm going to find out that he's a little bit of a brat and he doesn't like to take the trash out. We don't know who's going to get this mouse up in his first apartment right. that we have because it's not a palace yet. So these are things that that's the reality of starting out, you know, and there's so much pressure now, especially like what reality, the church pressure is one thing. And then now when reality TV and on TikTok, everybody has these perfect settings um, and we're striving. Everybody got matching pajamas at Christmas. I couldn't find two sets of matching pajamas nowhere. I couldn't get it together this year. (laughs) Listen, I decided, look, my baby boy is still in his boxes underwear he don't even <laughs> put on no pajamas <laughs> like <laughs> but I get what you're saying because I saw everybody in these matching like flannel pajamas and they're taking these pictures and the kids mm-hmm. are smiling and I'm like here my mm-hmm. baby's running around in his boxes mm-hmm. and my oldest half, got all I, half the Christmas fresh. decorations was up I never got to the ribbon part no. of it you know but it, it was still cute you can't even look but back it my wasn't tree. picture perfect right but right. it was still good Right. It was good for us. It was like you said. I like how you mentioned how we So I want to take a quick break from today's session to have our first ever Save Girl Session Altar Call. Now, for those that may not be familiar with Altar Call, Altar Call is the part of the service where members of the congregation have the opportunity to either give or recommit their lives to the Lord. However, our Save Girl Altar Call is going to be a little bit different. Members will still get the opportunity to make a change at the altar, but these members are part of our celebrity congregation. Now, this week's altar call started out with me wanting to call Brother Tristan Thompson to the front of the congregation. Now, if you keep up with the Kardashians, no pun intended, then you know that he is the on-again, off-again boyfriend of Khloe Kardashian and the father of her daughter, True. Now, Tristan is a professional basketball player in the NBA. Don't ask me what team he's on, though, because, girl... I don't know. And that's mainly because your boy is known more for his off-court antics than his actual basketball skills. And while he may not be his team's MVP, Tristan is definitely a player and is well on his way to having his own personal basketball team as he recently welcomed the birth of his third child with his third baby mama. Okay, now that I got all my basketball puns out of my system, let's get down to business. Now, I initially wanted Tristan to come to the altar because we have seen him dog Chloe out time and time again. But I decided that I wanted to actually bring Sister Chloe to the altar instead. Not because Tristan doesn't need the laying on of hands, literally, but because my ministry is one that wants to bring healing to hurting women and despite the glitz and glamour of their lifestyle chloe kardashian and this is just my opinion is a hurting woman now y'all know how i feel about my girl leah from the bible and i see a woman who like leah was told at an early age that she was less desirable than her sisters who society didn't see as a classic beauty and who ends up wanting love from men that can't and won't give her the love that she deserves And like Leah and a lot of women, she still decides to have a child with this man, hoping that possibly this child will make him be the man that she wants him to be and they will be a happy family. But he proves over and over again that he can't and won't stay faithful. And she may have thought that if not her child, then maybe 
her money and influence but keep him. The same way those of us that don't have her money or influence think that things like our cooking or how good we are in the bedroom or how hard we ride for him will keep a man. But nothing you do or don't do or have or don't have will keep a man that doesn't want to be kept. And if we're honest, most of us have been where she's been. We may not be dating an NBA player like Tristan, but a lot of us have dealt with a Tyrone or maybe a Ray Ray. You know Ray Ray, the one who you let use your income tax check to pay for studio time so that he can record his latest mixtape, Ray Ray. The one with the two crazy baby mamas who you realize after the fact that it was in fact Ray Ray who was the crazy one, but not until you had become baby mama number three. And now like Tristan, He's moved on and all you're left with is a baby and a broken heart and a trunk full of mixtapes. Like her, we have all allowed man to break our hearts, but refuse to leave him because he has potential. Many of us have fell in love with potential. Some of us have even had kids by potential. And some of us are in situationships right now with potential. And yet we find it so easy to judge other women like Chloe because unlike Chloe, our embarrassment isn't on full display for the whole world to see. But whether you allow a man to disrespect you in public or private, the fact still remains that you're being disrespected, sis. So I want to call Sister Chloe to the altar and to pray for not only her, but all the women listening who are hurting due to a current or former relationship with a man that didn't know her worth. That God would heal every hurt place and remove every negative thought about yourself or word that was spoken to you or over you that got you to the point that you feel like you can't get or won't ever deserve better. That you'll remember that you are fearfully and a wonderfully made daughter of a king. And as a daughter of a king, you don't have to settle for a court jester. That most of all, God only wants the best for you and that he's concerned about everything that concerns you, even your broken heart. In fact, Psalms 34, 18 says that he is near to the brokenhearted. And then I want to tell Sister Chloe to find a good therapist. Because in these Save Girl streets, we believe in prayer and therapy. And we know that true repentance takes a level of self-awareness of your own wrongdoing and admitting the part that we sometimes play in our own heartache. Whether it was ignoring the red flags or looking for a man to fill the void that only God can. Repentance requires making a real change. And for some of us, that may take laying down on somebody's couch. And I don't mean Ray Ray's, but a professional therapist that can help you get to the root of your issues. Because if you don't get to the root, then you'll just find yourself in the same old type of relationships, just with new faces. So I pray that Sister Chloe or whoever else needed to hear this receives this word during our altar call because God loves you, sis, and so do I. And now let this church say amen. Nasty, even when you're with your husband. So sometimes it can be hard. You know, mm-hmm. if he says he likes a certain thing and in your mind, you've been told, well, good church girls don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Um, so <laughs> trying to get out those, you know, mind, those mental blocks, I think that we have. Which is why, again, I think it's so important, even when we, you know, people are getting married to have these conversations, mm-hmm. even, in, you know, marital counseling, premarital, whatever, like conversations about sex, because that's, mm-hmm. in, that's an important part of marriage. And most of us are sneaking and doing it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, the saints when I let them have sex, but if it won't, that was the case that we wouldn't have so many little saints running around, like somebody doing something. Somebody get a whole new <laughs> They sneaking mm-hmm. out, doing And something. then we get married and don't like each other. And we was exactly. hot and heavy when we were dating. 
We couldn't sneak <laughs> off enough. We couldn't do it enough. We couldn't get enough privacy. And then all of a sudden you get married and it is cold as a refrigerator. You are. And I've had to learn that because my husband gets on me even about at night. He was like, you used to be all cute and do this and that. Now all you want to put is that big t-shirt and that bonnet. Like he, <laughs> he has my bonnet with a passion. And I'm like, I'm not going to mess my hair up. You know, but back in the day, like you said, when we were younger, it was, oh, you just want to look like, you know, mm-hmm. the girls or you mm-hmm. see on the movies, they go to bed and they face beat and hair down. They have a whole face beat going to bed. Now I'm like, look, look, he know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, but I have mm-hmm. to, I've had to learn that I have to also, that's another way that I have to compromise, you know, not immediately, maybe not as soon as I get home from work, changing to mm-hmm. the t-shirt and the bonnet. You know, give mm-hmm. them a couple of hours to see mm-hmm. what everybody else in the outside world sees. And you so. have to hear him. A lot of times they'll mm-hmm. tell us, but we don't hear them because mm-hmm. I'm not messing up my hair. Exactly. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I work all mm-hmm. day. I'm mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. doing this. Oh, you like that? <laughs> well, my knees hurt and we can't hear all the responses. And then when he stops talking, <laughs> you want to know how did we get to this mile between us? Mm-hmm. Because he was giving you hints all along. Exactly. And that was one of my issues. I had, I had come from hurt. I had come from pain. And so he couldn't tell me anything. I was the boss in this relationship and to be with me, this is what you got to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is what you're going to do. And this is, a-. it was me, 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 mm-hmm. me, me. It was no room for him. Mm-hmm. There was no room. I couldn't hear anything that he had to say until he spoke louder than I did with his actions. And then all of a sudden it was, Oh God, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, what, What's what, happening what? here? Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. all hell broke loose and, and the Holy spirit allowed me to hear everything that he had been saying, I could mm-hmm. hear him clearly then when I got into the face of the Lord and I said, how did we get here? It was very, I can't, I wish that I could say it was cloudy. I wish that I could say mm-hmm. that, that it, it just took me all by surprise, but it was very, very clear how I had, how we had gotten to where we were. So I love how you are even taking, I guess, accountability for what happened. Cause let's kind of talk about that. So if, if a woman is listening, she's going through a rough patch, like, mm-hmm accountability is big and I think sometimes people take it out of complex we're not saying mm-hmm. that if you're going through please this, I was going to clarify fault, that too mm-hmm. or that if a man steps out you mm-hmm. push them out like people take that like oh she excuse and we always mm-hmm. no, we're not excusing that but like mm-hmm. you said a lot of times we have to take accountability for what we did mm-hmm. and the signs that are there and the things that they are telling us and one of the things that my pastor always would tell me even when we talk about marriage and my husband and I'm on here just you know everything you know and she's like well you know ask God to show you you what can you do and I'm like God I don't want to say I know what I look like I know I'm good <laughs> show me him like show him him you know <laughs> we don't want to, the, the accountability part mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Piece. and that's that's mm-hmm. big so when I can by- tell you that the Holy Spirit is so faithful not only did he allow me to take accountability for me but I found the grace for him It was one of the most difficult things for people who really knew me to accept. I remember my mother said to me, um, are you out of touch with reality or are you really walking in your faith? If if you're walking in your faith, I will 100% support you. But if you are afraid, you don't know what's next and you don't know what to do. I will pay for whatever it is that you need done. Ooh. 
And I had to tell, I said, mom, I'm just, I'm believing God. I'm walking in my faith and I'm going to be okay. At that moment being okay, I didn't know if we were going to reconcile. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was going to lead to divorce. But what I knew was that I was going to follow the lead that the Lord had me on. And it was a tough path. It was a very, very, very tough path. Honey, I cried a river. Mm. When I tell you I well through every praise and worship service I was in, I know the people said, Lord, please, whatever is breaking her heart, please, Lord, heal mm-hmm. her so she can hush her mouth. Because it, it, it just was such a deep, it, he had so much work to do in me. Mm. Um, and he did it. And, and it took some time. And it was in that period was really all about me. It had absolutely nothing to do with him, what he was doing and where he was at. God took that time to really heal some things that mm. were hurting me. And one of the promises that I had gotten during that time was that he was going to restore everything concerning me. And when I tell you to this day, God continues to reconcile things, not just in my life, but even my kids' lives. My kids have a sister who was born around the same time my daughter was born. My daughter had met her one time as little, little children. Mm. She came to our house this Christmas And said that this was the best Christmas that she ever had. So when God promises you that he's going to reconcile things for you, you don't know how far that promise is going to go, how wide that thing is going to stretch. Just believe him because he is still working things out on my behalf that he promised me then. That it not just me, not just my marriage, but even in the lives of my children, Mm. he continues to restore. Woo! So now... (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I'm in your testimony. Like, and this is encouraging <sighs> me because I'm in a season of, you know, where I know God has promised me some things and certain times, you know, you have this faith. I'm just keeping it real. And then certain times I'm like, God, like, I know you said it. <laughs> it ain't looking. I need a time, you know, ETA, something. Because I don't see this happening. So for you to give that story, even about your your daughter's sibling and, you know, all these years later and God just working this all, everything that concerns you, like... Ever, everything, even my relationship with my dad, my relationship with my mom, my parents now being able to be in the same room. Mm. Like, I mean, just so many things. So everything, almost everything that I've been on the altar about, let me, mm-hmm. let me, cause I go, I'm, I, I go to a deliverance ministry. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, we'd be on the altar still mm. every, every single area, every single area. So being married and working out the things that you need to have worked out in you is not just a success just for your physical marriage. It's not just about a man and a woman. You guys are set in a community. Mm. So you have to be healthy and whole for your children. Your parents are learning something from your marriage. His family is learning something from your marriage. Mm -hmm. Things are being worked out from generations past in your marriage and for your future. Mm. So it behooves us to take these roles seriously. It's more than just sleeping together. It's more than just a pretty house and, and nice furniture. Is really submitting to the will of God and the plan that he has in you for your namesake, for mm. his glory, though. It's in your name. I'm a man. That's my husband. But but it's for God's glory. But he's working it out in the Mings. He's working it out in the Scots. Mm. He's working it out in the Fairclaws. He's working it out in everybody that's connected to us. So everybody got to see the beginning. They got to see the messy middle. 
And now they get to see God's restoration to come through the end. And it'll go on through my grandchildren. My grandkids will be able to say, well, my, my grandmom and my grandpa was married. They believed God and they stayed married and they set a foundation for us. And happily and healthy marriage, happy marriage. That's another thing, you know, like not just married, because we saw that even married. with our grandparents and the older generations, they just stuck Enjoying it out and stick it out. But cooking together each kitchen. other. But now he got the yes. grill going and I got the seasoning going, honey. That's where the paprika come in at. Go on, baby. What you want? You want to smoke some? Okay, I'm gonna get the seasoning blend. You get it on the smoker. I'm gonna fry the chicken and you gonna shred the cheese. Like working together making something listen you building something when you make a meal you have to put those ingredients together in order to produce something <laughs> mm-hmm. so honey what i listen i told i always say nobody can't keep him because they can't season food like i can I don't look. <laughs> he coming home he wants some of that you know that red pepper he wants some of that onion powder he wants some of that black pepper. He wants some gravy on his rice, baby. You got to simmer them onions to the right color in order to get a gravy that he mm-hmm. like. You're not me. You Listen, can't season it for him the way that I can. <laughs> <clears throat> I love it. I love it. Listen, I didn't know this conversation was going to go the way that it went. That Tammy was going to be <laughs> on here getting us, uh, helping us get our whole lives. Together. Get your life, baby. Listen, I thought we were just going to have a little girl talk and, you know, talk about sex. No, Tim talking about marriage. She talking about sex. She talking about giving it. Te- Listen, so if y'all haven't been writing this down in your notebook, please go back and play this again because she has been dropping jewels all night. Okay, so let's talk about, again, briefly about the book. How are you inspired to write the book? Is it out yet? It's not out. I'm putting the finishing touches on it. Y'all okay. pray for me because you know, right before you birth the thing is, is where that biggest mountain come. I need that last contraction that just go on and birth that baby. Listen, <laughs> listen, we here. We're gonna, we gonna right help you push, push it. <laughs> I am in labor That's as real good. Listen. But you know, one day I was sitting down, it's, it's weird. I was talking to my to my son, and um, I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to write an ebook. He said, what you going to write a book about? I said, panties, paprika, and prayer. And we had a good laugh about it. And then I said, wait a minute, I could really write that book. Yeah. And I sat down and I started writing it. And I started with panties. And then I, I really, I really believe the Holy Spirit led me to think about that, that disconnect between holiness and healthy sexuality and marriage mm. and how that hinders us from really having a healthy sex life. And what a hindrance that is to a healthy marriage. That's one arm of it. And then paprika is, is the is the 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 family time and the, the family bond that's lost because we don't cook and we don't eat dinner at home. Our children mm-hmm. learn their manners, they learn conversation, they learn order. Um, recipes were passed down in a the kitchen. There's a, a real value. Um, in the kitchen of a home. That's the heartbeat of a home. Anybody that's a, that cooks, whether they're a good cook or not, um, even if they just frying their wingdings and that canned corn, your guests will come and they'll sit in the kitchen while you prepare that food. Mm. If a woman is in the kitchen, your kids used to sit in the kitchen while you prepared your food, your dinner, and they did their homework. Um, even if you watch Leave it to Beaver, you know, they sat around a kitchen table and they had a mm-hmm. meal. Even the Cosby's had a dining room table 
that they sat and had meals around. That was the heart of the home. Now we have these industrial style kitchens and we door dash more than we cook. Right. Um, <laughs> now celebrity chefs are a thing yes. um, be- because we won't cook. I, I just... And, and I think that that's so sad that we really don't even know how to handle food. Mm. Even a lot of us will prepare something, but to actually really be able to make a homemade cornbread or a homemade biscuit and to clean chicken, um, mm. to season it overnight. You know, Sundays we used to have two meats, um, you know, to be able to see something and recreate it. Um, and for our kids to be able to say, oh, this is how my mother makes her sweet potato pies, you know, or this is how my mother makes her dressing. Um, all of those things, there's 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 more than just eating when you prepare food and you have a center hub in your home. My kitchen is the life of my house. That's what my kids, my kids going to come. They're going to come straight to the kitchen. Um, if I'm cooking, everybody is welcome. People are always trying to see what you're putting in your stuff. Um, and, and I think that that's a signature for a woman. What do you prepare? What do you cook? What is it that your husband mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm. wait for his wife to make for him? What is his favorite meal to have at home? Do you know what it is? Are you the Are you the person that's preparing it? Whenever we go out to eat, I always try to study the ingredients because I like to recreate it at home for my husband. So honey, I want to be the one that make the best thing for him. You know what I mean? Um, Prime six, seven, seven might make a steak, but it ain't my steak. I look at what they did and I'm going to add a little of me to it. And honey, he can have that at home. <laughs> so it sounds yeah. like you bought the birth uh, a cookbook too. Is that what we but Listen, I, we I, get I, that? I, I got that too. <laughs> I teach etiquette. I, I teach basic table manners. I, I, I do all of those things because I believe um, that there's so much that we're missing that used to be taught at home. Right mm-hmm. now, our talents are taking us places that our conduct can't keep us. We're making mm-hmm. it to the table. We don't know what tools to use when we get there. Exactly. We don't know what to do with our napkins. We don't know where to put our masks. We don't know what silverware to use. Mm-hmm. We don't know what cup is ours at a wedding. Um, so there's so much that's lost because we're not being taught at home how to do these things socially. And then you have prayer. You can't do anything without the leading mm. and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. While you hollering, God fix him. He wants to say, baby, let me fix you. Let me show you who you are. Let me show you how to handle him. Let me show you how to speak to him. But some of us won't swallow our pride because we were mm. taught that we had to be these strong women and that humility um, is a weakness. Mm. Honey, Listen, that's the strength and that's the head, but he needs a spine to kind of help him be able to move and to be able to form. Exactly. He's the head and I'm the spine. I'm going I, I'm going in the same direction that he's going, but I help to be his support. Mm. I help to birth his dream. He helps me to stay. He helps me to stick to mine. Without him, there's no me. And without me, there's no him. We need one another. Mm. And it's okay for me to be soft. It's okay for me to be vulnerable. It's okay for me not to win. And I I had to learn to say, and if he makes a mistake, we fix it together. What if he's 100% not right? What what if he makes a big mistake? What if that decision that he made was wrong? The worst case scenario is we fix it together. That's the the worst that can happen. We Mm. still in it together. How many mistakes have I made? How many times has he he had to clean up behind me? Or or, or I had a thought or I said something out of line or I thought that I knew better and I didn't. And he had to have grace for me. So it's okay. He may not always have it right. But I know that his heart is for his family. I know that he is a man of integrity. That's why even when he was in his foolishness, I knew what his heart was. I knew who I had married. 
And I wasn't, I wasn't waiting for him to get done. Now, let me just, let me make sure that's very, very clear. I was waiting for God <laughs> to tell me what to do next. Disclaimer. <laughs> but in my heart, I knew who he was. I knew what he believed. I knew what he stood for. Mm. And so I knew that it was worth the time. I knew, I knew, I knew it was worth it. And it has proved to be wonderful. That it was a it was a wise investment. Oh, so be mm. praying, be prayerful, pray for your husband, pray for your children, pray for yourself, pray for your wisdom. God, show me me. God, if you don't do nothing else for him, if he does not change, God, give me the grace to be the best me and give me the wisdom for how to deal with this. That doesn't have anything to do be, be deal with abuse. Now, if you're getting your mm. head knocked off or something like that, honey, get to safety now. I ain't talking about and that. Yes. I'm not talking about you getting your head knocked off or your kids are afraid and your kids are in an unsafe situation. You know, I, I believe that, that, that God has a special grace for that. But if it's just selfishness and personality uh, conflicts and, you know, a power struggle um, and even sometimes, you know, e- even if it's the infidelity, you know, it, why? What happened here? How did we get here? Get here. And be careful who supports you. Be careful who you listen to. If somebody doesn't believe in marriage, what the, the first thing you want to take, girl, don't put up with that. Mm-hmm, don't take that. Somebody should have <laughs> told him, don't put up with me when he met me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody should have told him, if you don't leave her alone with them kids, them three kids over there <laughs> and get on with your life, he would have missed what God had for him. Exactly. Exactly. God had him a wife with three whole other kids. Mm. and And a whole lot of mouth and a whole lot of attitude unrefined and and that's even encouraging i feel like to somebody that may be listening a single mother Mm. out there like don't believe the people and the trick don't believe the people get in your ear that'll say ain't nobody not gonna want you ain't nobody gonna gotta take take what you can get not listen you are a living witness honey a whole (laughs) witness a whole witness. We we don't even know who who what family belonged to who. We got mm. three whole families co-mingled up in here. Mm. We got the other kid family. We got my family. We got his family. We got his son. You can everybody aunt and uncle. We you can't tell where the lines drawn in this family because we are people of love. And that's how it's supposed to be. We're people of love. We just love. Mm. He loves me. I love him, and we love people. Mm. <laughs> and so it's, that's what follows us is love. Mm, walking in love I in love like I say I love that I love what you stand for I love mm-hmm. your testimony I think it's so inspiring and more women need to hear it more girls need to hear it um speaking of girls my last question for you so if you the whole premise of the whole save girl movement um is the fact that I always said I wanted to be the type of woman I wish I would have seen growing up in the church because you know that may have I may maybe may not have made some of the mistakes and went and did you know some of the things that I Mm -hmm. did looking for whatever it is that I felt like I, I wasn't getting or didn't see um and we didn't have these conversations I didn't see women that looked like us or acted like us or hear any of those things so if you could go back to that young saved girl um what's one piece of advice that you would tell yourself or maybe to a young saved girl now that's listening continue 
to trust God. Mm. I feel like I, I was on the right path. I was getting the right wisdoms. I just reached that age where the world looked more enticing than church. Mm -hmm. Um, The church that I went to was a small storefront, so they didn't really have much for teens um, and young adults. It was either you were a kid and then there were older people. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish that I had just stayed the course. Holiness is right. Church is right. The enemy has a very, very subtle plan to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He wants to draw you and make you think that things are better on the other side, that you that he has something for you that is more appealing, um, that's more exciting. You already always feel like the eyeball out being a church mm-hmm. girl because we are not of this world. Mm-hmm. But our oddness is better than being in the den of the devil any day. I would say, hold on to God's unchanging hand. I wish that I had just stayed that course. I wish that I had just stayed pure. I wish that I had just stayed a Sunday school teacher. Um, I wish that I had just stayed active in church um, and just stuck with my first true love. It's okay to be saved. It's okay to Mm -hmm. dare to be different. It's okay to believe God for your life. There is nothing that the world has to offer that is more powerful or fulfilling than what God has for you. Mm. Oh, Jesus. That was good. Yes, we are officially done with our first ever Save Girl Session podcast episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. A special thank you to my awesome guest, Miss Tammy, for coming on. Please make sure you follow her Facebook page. It's titled Panties, Paprika, and Prayer. And also make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the Save Girl Session podcast. And if you want to learn more about the actual Save Girl Summer movement, please go to our website, SaveGirlSummer.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at SaveGirlSummerInc. And also on Instagram at SaveGirl underscore Summer. And until next time, Save Girl out.